Welcome to the Vibrant MD Podcast, where we discuss weight loss, women's health, and food. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Awad, a family doctor and certified weight loss coach. This podcast is informational, but is not meant as medical advice. Anything you want to change after listening should be discussed with your own doctor and personal medical team. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Hello, my vibrant friend. I'm so happy you're here with me today. I wanted to share that our favorite family dessert of the summer, it has been grilled peaches. Now, I used to think that like cutting that and grilling it was just too much trouble, but it's actually really fast. So I definitely recommend it if you're still have, you know, boxes of peaches at your grocery store. You know, you cut them in half and pull out the pit, rub a little bit of olive oil on the open face, and then really just a little bit of time face down with that kind of yummy, fleshy part face down on the grill for a couple minutes, and then turn it over and warm up the other side, and you are set. This isn't like cooking meat where you can put it on and go back inside and cut a few vegetables and then come back. This goes fast enough that really you're going to want to stay next to these peaches while they cook because it just doesn't take very long. And that's the beauty of it, too, that it's really a quick dessert to make. We have eaten these plain like that at the end of our meal. Sometimes we sprinkle cinnamon on them. Cinnamon is naturally sweet and Sometimes my husband made a little mix of cinnamon, pinch of salt, and some walnut pieces, and we sprinkled that on there. And that was wonderful as well. So I highly recommend it as a dessert if you haven't tried that yet. Today, I'm thrilled that we have Dr. Noha Pollock with us. She is a pediatrician and speaks about messaging about weight with teens. You know, we're in 2023, really getting better about body image and thinking about how our teens have autonomy over their own body. But there's no perfect way to do this because we know there's no perfect way to interact with our adolescents about anything, right? And this time of life, we, you know, we talk teens, but really we're talking from age 12 for the beginning of adolescence, sometimes a little earlier. And adolescents can really go you know, into 26, 27, 28 with some of our kids. And I wonder if it will be delayed a little bit after the COVID years. Who knows? But this is a long time where we're, you know, trying to figure out how to be good parents to our children. I think you're going to love this episode too, because we talk both about how to do this if you're worried that your teen needs to lose weight whether they're a high school kid, college kid who's coming home with some weight gain, or if you are on a weight loss journey, how to give that messaging at home. Some of us are doing this because of health issues. Like some of my clients are coming because they have a high blood sugar or prediabetes or high blood pressure that they are wondering if would lower if they lost weight. Or they've had cancer treatment, which has brought on weight gain. Some of the clients I work with are just people who were doing really well until perimenopause and then all of a sudden weight just started to come on, which is a really common problem. So how do you change how you're eating and not present a home 
of food restriction, diet culture, and all those things. So we we touch on all those things today. So I think you're really going to love this interview with Dr. Pollock. And thank you so much for being with me here today. Thank you so much for being here today, Noha. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. What a pleasure. Thanks. I, I'm very passionate about this topic, so I love talking about it. I've been a pediatrician. I've been practicing in New Jersey for almost 30 years now, so it's been a bit. And I've, I've kind of gone through all of the phases, I, I would say, of how we were talking to kids 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and now. To be honest with you, Heather, it's really different, you know? Oh. Yeah, you know, 30 years ago, you'd see an overweight kid, you'd immediately go to the BMI chart and you'd show the parents and you'd tell them, you must get them to this weight, blah, blah, blah. And it's really reversed, to be honest. And we are, I, I feel like in medicine, we are learning a bit about how our messaging does need to change and evolve with the times and that we need to learn from what we've done, whether it's right or wrong. So I practice differently now, to say the least, and that, you know, when I see a kid who is having some sort of a a weight issue or a body image issue, we usually try to get to the bottom of it before we give diet advice. And then we let the patient kind of lead the way. And I'm hoping that parents are also doing something similar in order to help, you know, especially really fragile teens, to be honest, you know, not focus only on their body image, but on their health. Yeah. And we get that it's difficult because as parents, we get anxious about body image, but we also get anxious about weight, right? We do. We do. And wow, what a great point. I was going to make that point, Heather, because, you know, when, when I look at my children and I'm worried about their weight sometimes, I have to kind of check myself. Am I worried about how society will see them or am I worried about their health truly? And if it's only about how society will see them, then I kind of have to think to myself, hold on a minute. Um, are you kind of, you know, contributing, you know, in any way to the body image issues of other people around you? So kind of check ourselves as parents, right? Not just as professionals, but as parents. Why are you so scared of your child being overweight, right? And if it's about how society will see them, then it's time to deal with society, frankly, not with our kids, right? Right, right. <laughs> right? And it's, if you are truly worried about your child's health, that's when you should go to your doctor and check their hemoglobin A1C, make sure they're not pre-diabetic, right? Because right. if they are pre-diabetic, then you have something to work on, right? How do you, you know, get them out of that pre-diabetic zone if they have a very high blood pressure or cholesterol that needs to be addressed? And I think... Kids are much more likely to, you know, respond to small changes when it comes from a place of why don't we get this number that can affect you in 20 or 30 years down into the normal level? What are your thoughts? No, I, I agree. And I think sometimes what, even when we stop and say this is about society, we have to remember that we grew up in the 80s or 90s. And so society is also like lurking in the corners of our own brain, even if we would like to think that we don't think that way. It's part of the water we swam in growing up. So, you know, sometimes that judgment is in our own minds, even if we want to reject it. Absolutely. Just recognizing it is helpful. I don't think it's possible to 
totally be judgment free, to be honest, Heather, right? We all, we all have that. But sometimes if you recognize it, you say, oh, wow, look at that thought that just popped into my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's an interesting thought. Why, why, why would I think such a thing about a person? I know for a fact that this has nothing to do with their ability to control their themselves, you know, or their eating habits or with any laziness. I know a large number of people who struggle with their weight who are very active people. Yes. Like runners and swimmers and they struggle with their weight. So I know for a fact laziness is not an issue. The majority of people who struggle with their weight, I know they definitely have self-control. They're busy professional people. People don't become busy professionals by having no self-control, right? Right. Right. To be lazy. (laughs) So so all of those thoughts that that sometimes pop in our our heads, if we recognize them, our children will understand that, oh yeah, mom, mom does kind of check herself. You know, she'll be she she will have a thought and she'll be like, oh, that thought was not a cool thought. Let me check that thought. Yeah. So it's nice to share these things if they come out loud, right? Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. So how do we do this, you know, kind of day to day in our homes? Like what kind of, tell us more about messaging. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, it's an evolving messaging situation in my opinion. And I'm learning every day. So I would say that both as a parent and as a professional to, first of all, give yourself grace. You're definitely going to say the wrong thing sometimes, <laughs> right? Yeah. We, all, we all do and we all will, number one. Number two is if you are a busy professional woman and you are on a weight loss journey or on a health journey, it's uh-huh. good to put it into perspective in front of your children, especially to say... I'm going to do this because I want to be able to move in this way. I want to be able to dance for an hour or I want to be able to, you know, go on a hike for a couple of hours without being out of breath rather than saying, I want to get to this weight so that I can get to this size jeans. You know what I mean? Make it about a a functional goal rather than a physical body image kind of a goal that can really help our kids get out of that, you know, diet culture mentality. We all grew up with, like you said, Heather, in the 80s and 90s. So I like to do my best to make it about function. You know, what am I not able to do now that I would like to be able to do later? Number Mm -hmm. one. Or if there's a health issue, like you and I were talking about a few minutes ago, you know, if someone's diabetic or pre-diabetic and they want to be out of that zone, then that could be something you say in front of your children. So if you're trying to lose weight and changing your eating style, when you're in your discussions, just make it about either function or a goal that has nothing to do with a body image. That's one way to do it. And and another thing is to watch out for Instagram and Facebook, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about your feed, but my feed has lots of food. Uh, true true yeah not not just pretty things but lots of food on my feed so and to be honest i kind of enjoy it right i right and sometimes it makes me a bit hungry and sometimes i have to recognize you know what i've been scrolling for like 10 minutes and i'm hungry because i've seen all of these videos of people making delicious food so so maybe saying it out loud, saying, oh, man, being on Instagram and seeing all these food videos makes me hungry. 
I'm just not going to do that for a while. I'm going to see if I can put down the phone and do something so that I don't feel so hungry. And just recognizing it, watching food videos make you hungry, even if you're not really hungry. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would say that those kind of clues. So what parents struggle with in my practice, Heather, mm -hmm. is when they see their child gaining weight actively, you know, yeah. putting five, 10, 15, even 20 pounds, especially those first couple of college years, often parents come in with true anxieties about their kids' health. And they sometimes use, you know, threats, to be honest. If you don't change your ways, you're going to have this just like grandma, or you're going to get this thing happening to you, whether it's diabetes or some heart attack or whatever. And the kids really do take that on as a stressor. So mm -hmm. as, as women, you know, as, as women, we need to watch what we do say and to recognize where we're coming from. Are we coming from a place of fear or a place of health? Yeah. Right. How do you know that? Well, you can tell by your own blood pressure, my friend. <laughs> like, like all parents, we are deathly afraid of something happening to our child. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. but, but that doesn't mean that every overweight child is going to have diabetes. I mean, the active ones probably won't. Yeah. Right. Right. I would say to, first of all, ask yourself, where is this messaging coming from? Is it coming from fear? If it's coming from fear, then frankly, it's on you as a parent to control your own fears. Yeah. Not on your child. And then secondly, to make your messaging about function, what's going on, what's happening in the food court at college or in high school. What are the choices? How can I help you? Can we change your meal plan? Do you want to move into an apartment where you can cook more? Mm -hmm. Right. Rather than, you know, what's happening. And is midnight the time that you and your friends hang out and that's when you guys are eating? And if that's the case, then we got to manage that a bit differently, right? But I say that fear, put it, try to steer your child at any age into making a change in their lifestyle often backfires by increasing their stress level and making them more likely to eat unhealthy foods. What if you don't want to talk at all about weight with you when your college kid comes home? You notice their body has changed. They look heavier. Is that, a, is that a strategy too, or do you think it should be addressed? I, I personally think you should respect your child's and their autonomy and mm -hmm. allow them to learn. Everybody knows how to step on the scale and how to look in the mirror, right? Your child yeah. is not blind. They know what's going on. So yeah. when you're about to blurt that out, maybe you should just honestly check yourself and not say it. I yeah. totally agree with you. I was coming from a point of pa patients that are actually bringing their college age kids into the practice and yeah, say, yeah. Well, I don't I do. once. Yeah. And I don't want to say even that either way is right or wrong, but I just wanted to ask if it was okay for those of us who feel like maybe I shouldn't say anything at all. If that was also okay. Oh, I think it's very okay. And to be honest, I think that's my strategy. Okay. Right? That's my strategy of choice as a person, but not everyone can do that. 
Again, yeah. giving yourself grace is a good thing. I, I can step back and say, I know for a fact that my daughter knows how to look in the mirror. My son knows how to look in the mirror. And yeah. <laughs> we know if your pants are too tight and they have to buy new clothes, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I also know that I have given them the tools to make changes in their lives. Like, like have confidence in your own parenting to realize that they will get back on the rails eventually if that's in their genes, right? We also have to recognize DNA and genetic differences and body size and shape as a yeah. factor. So, you know, if one side or the other has very large people, that may then your children may or may not change their body shape. But regardless of that, helping them move, move well, right? Whether it's through yeah. physical therapy or training of some sort is probably a good option. Yeah. Can we... You know, we have teenagers, you know, I, I have a teenager who likes to eat out a lot with her friends. They all work. Um, some of them don't have family dinner at home, so they love to go out and eat together. And how do you talk to kids about, I mean, the one thing, I, I'm a big vegetable person. So with my teen, I'm like, you know, you still need to eat vegetables every day, allowing that I want her to be able to go out with her friends. But there's also things like, the sugary drinks and all that. I mean, if you're, I know sometimes we don't bring these things up until we notice a weight gain. How do you, how do you manage that kind of stuff? I mean, by modeling it. Okay. Right. To be perfectly honest. Huh. And, huh. and also I would say that if someone asks you for advice, that's when they will accept it. Unsolicited advice is often not accepted, especially by teens and young adults. (laughs) If you have an eight-year-old, you're a little bit more likely to be listened to with unsolicited advice. Right. But if it's unsolicited advice, unless you're truly modeling it yourself and you pick the right moment, right? You know very well how easy it is to turn off a teenager. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? So. I would still say tread carefully and understand that as a parent, you're not in control of everything and you cannot control everything. Right. Just can't. Right. Giving the autonomy. Yeah. Because I, honestly, I've always been a nutrition person. I've always talked nutrition with my kids. And even, I mean, obviously I coach people for weight loss. So one time I asked my daughter who'd eaten out a lot that week, I said, are you getting some vegetables at these places you go? Or are you eating a vegetable at home? And you know what she said to me? Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I'm not going to gain weight. And I thought, I mean, I'm just, I want to share that with people because it's even when I, I wasn't thinking about weight, I was really thinking, is this kid eating any vegetables or is she only having hamburgers and chicken sandwiches? And that, I was so glad she shared that. You know, so that I could say, no, really, remember, I'm the vegetable mom. <laughs> no matter what you do, I'm always going to talk about whether or not you've been eating vegetables this week. That is not always about your weight, right? It's not. Yeah. But, but then I thought, you know, like you said about autonomy, that maybe I need to shut up more because she's 17. But that's, that's a really hard thing for a parent to do, to be honest. So I, I acknowledge how difficult it is, number one. I also acknowledge that I will certainly blurt things out as a parent. (laughs) And sometimes I take them back. And as parents, it's good to know that it's the kids even notice 
if you do blurt something out and then you say, oh, that was such the wrong thing to say. I'm so sorry. That that's not okay. Then they understand that, okay, you're human too. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay. Yeah. And you, it's so beautiful. I mean, you repair the, whatever it was that came out, even you, you can repair those things. (laughs) You can, you can, instead of beating yourself up about it, our kids are living in unprecedented times, Heather, right? So first of all, there's much better healthcare than when, when we grew up, right? And much better than when our parents grew up. Whether they are a little overweight or a lot overweight, there are many things we can do to make them healthy. Mm-hmm. without having them focus on their body shape. So we don't need to advocate for unhealthy eating. I would never do that, right? But yeah. I, what I would advocate for is number one, body autonomy. You're, in, you're responsible for your body, not that person on Instagram who's telling you how you're supposed to look. Yeah. Okay, number one. Number two is nutrition and movement are the most important predictors of health and longevity. Not your BMI. So eat good nutrition, move as much as you possibly comfortably can. Yeah. And if our kids are having good nutrition and moving as much as they can, some of our anxieties should really be allayed, right? As parents. Yeah. Because I would like my kids to live happy, long, healthy lives, regardless of their body shape. And that will help me with my own anxieties if I see them gain weight. Yeah. I love that. And I love what you said about modeling too, because, you know, we, we say this over and over again about everything with kids, right? They will actually do what you do and not what you say. And I had a, on the positive, (laughs) my college kid came home and said, I started eating salad sometimes um, because she was on a off-campus program and the family that she stayed with ate salad and she doesn't she was never a salad eater but she's she said well everybody else in the family ate salad and I thought well it's the only vegetable I'm I'll eat it and and that was just from modeling right I never said she had to eat salad or anything but that's that's amazing amazing it's amazing how when I you know my my college-aged daughter one time I went to the supermarket with her and I looked at her shopping cart and it looked just like mine and I was like, wow, look at that. It's okay. I mean, I guess over 20 something years, things trickle <laughs> in. So just modeling, modeling it. And then, you know, also one, one last thing I want to say, Heather, is that, you know, having that rule in your mind that you're going to eat most of the time for nutrition and some of the time for pleasure and that that's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So even modeling that is, is okay too, that, you know, I'm going to eat most of the time for nutrition and for, you know, fueling my body with good things. But once in a while, I really want that ice cream cone. And I'm going to have that. I'm not going to have it every day. (laughs) But I certainly will allow myself to have that ice cream cone or that piece of cake for pleasure. And that that's acceptable. Nothing to feel bad or guilty or ashamed of. It's good. Great. I totally agree. And even if you look at the blue zones... People, you know, who live to be, you know, all those communities that live, that have the most people who live over a hundred, they have dessert a couple times a week. I mean, it's, so I, you know, people are worried. I like to remind them of that. Yeah. You know, so that's very Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This has really been helpful. You know, what kind of 
what should we take home from this? I think we should take home. Number one is to recognize where our worries about our kids' health is coming from. Is, is it about their body size because of society or because of their health? If it's because of their health, please address all health concerns, right? Yeah. Yeah. Model, model, model good, healthy behavior. Um, you know, don't label food good or bad. Right. It's all food. Right. And you'll get something out of all food. And to just check your thoughts, right? What are your thoughts when you are seeing either your child or someone else who's struggling with their weight and recognizing that if there's any bias there to check it? Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing this with us today. My clients talk about this all the time because they're, you know, have reasons that they've decided they want to lose weight and, but they have. And a lot of them do have kids in their teens and 20s at home. And, and so they you know, worry about messaging and, and having, a, you know, a healthy mental healthy home, food healthy home, you know, all these things. So absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. So tell us, you know, I want everyone to know that I will have Dr. Pollock's information in the show notes so you can find her. but. Please tell us now for those who are just listening. So I love to speak about this topic. And besides being a pediatrician, I am on my way to becoming a public speaker about this topic of messaging regarding body size and, you know, weight. So if you'd like to have a speaker or if you want to contact me in any way, you can find me on LinkedIn under my name. Um, and I'd be happy to have a conversation about that. I also have a website, which is drpolack.com. And that's my speaker website. Super. Thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hi, it's Dr. Heather Awad, the founder of Vibrant Weight Loss for Professional Women, age 50 plus. It is August 2023, and September is the most popular time to join Vibrant Weight Loss Over 50. So I decided... Wouldn't it be fun if we let people have August free if they wanted to join early? I know that some of you, your kids have gone back to school, you've dropped off kids at college, and you are ready to go. So why wait? If you go to heatherawadmd.com, you can book a call to apply for the program and you'll get August for free and you'll still get all of September, October, and November for coaching and nutrition help and weight loss goals and all these wonderful things. So heatherawadmd.com, heather, A-W-A-D-M-D.com to get August for free. Can't wait to meet you. Bye-bye.